0: Hello everyone. We want to take this opportunity to say thank you. As you go at the Golden Boot, so do our needs. But we cannot do it without you. We ask that you continue to like our posts, share our content, and subscribe to our YouTube, Facebook, and other social media platforms. You may also visit the Golden for the latest merch. If you would like to make a financial donation, you can do so through Cash App at moneysigngoldenboot. Golden Boot. Or through PayPal at paypal.me slash golden boot. We look forward to bringing you more laughs, knowledge and entertainment. And again, thank you for your endless support, sincerely and respectfully. The golden boot team, the views and opinions expressed in the golden boot podcast are those of the speaker and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of the golden boot podcast as a whole. Y'all ready to get rolling quiet on the set. (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's good? Welcome back to another episode of HBCU Hours. Your boy Pool Bell got my man, Aunt Petty Murph, in the building. What's good, my boy? What's happening? If your bracket wasn't already busted, which I know yours was,
1: hey, chill out, man.
0: But yeah, it was. <laughs> it's like it's, it's busted, even because we were talking. Did you say Michigan State?
1: Yeah, I had Michigan State. I ain't have them in the final four, though,
0: but I had oh, okay. them uh, lead there. Okay, okay, yeah, it's, it's been ugly it has been ugly you know what we that was a great game though i said it was an excellent was game good. um excellent game i will say this good puns and five dollar entry perfect bracket take the bank
1: oh yeah, yeah. that's never i never do that
0: <laughs> matter of fact you can do a dollar you do a dollar
1: i know man this that's like trying to win them little games where they be putting the the ball under the and they's it around and you gotta try oh, to guess which yeah. what yeah what's called three called monte whatever it's called yeah. that's like trying to win one of them man it's impossible
0: yeah. um man it's been a uh it's been a good week man so far um we got we got we we talked about it on what was that monday Sunday, yeah, Monday. We, say we, got, we got to get our guy back in here, man. We got, you know, we got, we got, yeah, we it, friends it, with a war winning.
1: Yeah, um, too
0: good for us
1: now. Yeah, you know yeah, what, you
0: know what I'm saying? saying? <laughs> I, I know what it was. I, I, when I said, "Uh, when I said, he act like he went to Grambling. He do want, he don't return a call. No, I'm just playing. Just, <laughs> <laughs> but nah, man, we had to bring him back, man. It's been a minute, but probably, I, I you know what I'm saying, deserves an award-winning introduction. Hold on. <clears throat> <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, bring it back to HBCU hour. He has probably uh probably we're we'll gonna start like this the most handsome uh future Southern Jaguar in in, in the in, in the Huntsville area, at least at the very least, uh <laughs> award winning. It it wasn't a Grammy, but it was still it was, a, a great award.
1: It was
0: an Emmy, uh, Emmy, A- Abby. It was an Abby.
1: Oh, it was A- an Abby? Abby. Oh, my yeah, bad. Downtown Wrong. Wrong Abby. Girl. He got
0: the Downtown Abbey Award. Uh, <laughs> break <Bring> it. <laughs> hey, he ain't gonna never come back after this. <laughs> 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 but we had to bring him back, man. Our good friend, Mr. Mo Carter. Welcome back to. Oh, man, I, mean, I did that yeah, too quick. Yeah, Mr. Yeah. Mo Carter, welcome back <laughs> to HBCU. What's good, Mo? <laughs>
2: hey what's going on fellas appreciate the intro you had me chuckling up real quick i had to you know fix my face before i came back on to get everything um right with that yeah yeah it has definitely uh been a minute been a few months i know our schedules have not like been on the same sink but it's good to be back and chatting with you guys about some things and you know once again to god be the glory with the opportunity to be acknowledged uh, by the journalism peers to be an award-winning journalist uh, for television sports anchor here in the state of Alabama. So I'll tell you, I've still been, you know, grinning ear to ear and whatnot. And no no offense, not saying that I could have not won it, but like, hey, my stomach started churning as we got close to the sports <laughs> category. My wife was like patting me on the shoulder, like, you got this, you got this. And then, you know, the worst part of any award show is – when they read it out, and then they take that dramatic pause, mm-hmm. and then you just look on the screen, swoosh, and then boom, there your name is, of like, yeah. yo, that's me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, uh, hey, we, we do want to say congratulations. Um, I know, you, like I like I told you, um, ten plus, or I think, like, wait, wait, at least ten, ten years ago, I was watching you in Montgomery, uh, moved up here, familiar face. And to see the hard work that goes on, uh, that you do, it, it's an honor, man. And congratulations!
2: Thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate it, guys. Definitely do appreciate it. But look, the work is still not yeah. done in a complete sense because there's more to go, right? Oh, yeah, uh, always more to come.
0: Yeah, uh, man, Mo. It's been, it's it's one of my favorite times of the year. It's, it seems, it's, it's still we got a little time. We got, about, you know, probably about 150 plus days, something like that, uh, football season. But spring games, around the corner, uh, we got, well, you know, nine, eight days, however you want to look at it, because some people say once the day started, you know, you won't count that day. But you got nine days, technically, or however you want to count it, left until spring games. Man, I'm looking forward to it. Um, a lot of people are looking forward to it, but uh, the way the schedule set up for some of these games, we ain't going to see much.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right about that. I mean, clearly it's not just even the scheduling uh, standpoint. You also have to think about it from a coaching standpoint. There's a lot of coaches that all they want to do is just see their guys get out there and compete. And I can say I've noticed that as a former player within the SWAC under Coach Pete Richardson down at Southern. And then also covering, you know, different college teams, including a lot of teams within the SWAC. Matter of fact, I spoke to Coach Connell Maynard this morning. You know, they do 6 a.m. practices. Boy, talk about biting the bullet to get up to go and do that one. But, um, you know, got out there, got a chance to really, you know, see them for really the first time this spring, because, you know, when they were practicing at the beginning, you know, I was busy with either state high school championships or conference championships, the first round of the NCAA tournament. Thank God they went on spring break at that time and whatnot, but talking to Coach Maynard today, hey, he was happy about his guys who were just out there flying around, competing and whatnot, but at the same time, he just says, like he says basically every year, it's an open competition in just about every single position, Um, but at the same time, when you get to the spring game, most times they are pretty vanilla in mm-hmm. certain situations. And I'm pretty sure that Coach Maynard's sentiment among that probably resonates across not just the HBCU uh, brand and board of coaches, but just about almost every coach.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to let people in on the secret. I I know you probably were happy you did have to go to them the first few weeks because uh, it's been cold. It's been cold up here. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, been, it's been cold. It's been some days I, I was sitting in the car, hadn't take the kids to school. It was like, mm, you know what, maybe not today.
2: You know, oh, bro, but, no, it's, look, it's the same way for me, you know, taking MC3 to right. daycare. I mean, you know, his mom is usually out of the house for about 7.15 mm-hmm. I'm trying to, you know, wait just a tad bit later until we get a little sunlight going and whatnot. And even yeah. when I get him in uh, the car, I'm sitting there, I'm like, yeah, let's let this bad boy up just a little bit more before I hit the garage door and then, you know, we get on out of here or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it just really just depends. I mean, some days it's kind of like, OK, let's get it. Let's roll. Other days, I'm like, I'm going to take my time with this, you know, <laughs> yeah. just get down the road. As long as I get them in by 915, I'm OK.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mentioned scheduling. So I'm going to go ahead and throw this up here. Uh, this is the complete schedule. Uh, let me let me break this down by by conference too. So hold on, give me one second. Mm-hmm. Um, I can do it like that so it, so we can really look at it. All right, so starting with the swag, uh, I'm gonna let y'all in on a little secret. I was trying to put these in alphabetical order. A uh, and M comes before Alabama State. I just so happen to put Alabama State on there first. I don't know why I put them on there first, <laughs> but I do know at my alphabets, uh, my ABCs, as Dylan as, as would say. Uh, but you got, you know what I'm saying, Alabama State on the 15th and them on the 8th. Uh, Alcorn's coming up on the 1st. Bethune on the 22nd. Uh, you got, got uh, you on the 15th, Graham on the 22nd. Uh, Jackson State on the 15th. Um, Mississippi Valley uh, is on the April 9th, which is also Easter. I didn't pick up on that, but we were talking about it in HBCU Nightly, and they were like, man, they having their game on, on Easter Sunday? So, that they are. <laughs> so, you got that. Prairie View is on the 22nd. Southern is on the 1st. Texas Southern is on the 15th, and UAPB is on the 22nd.
2: Hey, can we go back to Mississippi Valley real quick? So you yeah. say that is on Easter Sunday. Is, so let,
1: Easter me, let me let me ask you this. Are we for a hundred percent sure that that's updated for 2023? And that isn't the April 9th
0: 22 I'm, I'm gonna go back and double check because when I looked, it said April 9th. And let me double check so we can be sure. Uh is it possible that they just didn't update it for this year? Yeah, that is a possibility, but I'm 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 very sure that that bill is a typo. Like, I just why would you put it on Easter?
2: No, seriously, why why would you put it on Easter? Um. So, yeah. Let's uh. Hold on. Hold on. I mean I'll say, I'll say this if it is on Easter I mean I hope that they have it at a decent time and then they also have an Easter egg hunt for all the kids that come out afterwards I mean that'd be a pretty good community service in that situation family out
0: uh well ladies and gentlemen uh that is not the case uh I am looking Mississippi Valley State spring oh you know what that does say 22 they still have 22 but they got it out um. Oh, they haven't updated. Oh, that's why. Okay, you know what? You might be on to something. Let me go back in. Let me see if they updated on their website. Cause it was, and then it was at eleven o'clock, and I was like, "Ooh, that's not."
2: Yeah, that's not a good time in uh in the Bible
0: Belt of the world. I know <laughs> that was. That I was you just as, man, cause.
1: No, no shade to any school, but Valor seems to be one of the ones who kind of is slow on the social media aspect side of some of them. Even when it came to their hires and recruiting mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff, you didn't find much on social media. They don't tend to have a big social media presence. So mm-hmm. that's why I was wondering if it just hadn't been updated because they don't tend to update that very often, according like, like some other schools do.
0: Yeah. So I'm looking, there's nothing to state. Uh I mean, it does say 22. I that's my fault. I didn't double check that, but I'm looking and there's nothing there. So it's most likely going to be on April 8th. So I I'll update that, but yeah.
2: Yeah, no worries on that, man. I mean, look, at least you caught it um, you know, in due time. Oh, oh
0: wait, wait. You know what? Bam, I take it back. Um, whoa, that can't be right either. Mm. It says, uh, 2023 spring game. It says March. Okay. <laughs> All right. It's a lot of stuff. It says March 15th. When you click on it, it then says April 15th.
2: Okay. I've got something on, um, Mississippi Valley's, uh, football Twitter. They've got like spring dates. Mm-hmm. I see April fifteenth. Yeah. Which is also their junior day.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I see that now. Which so makes
2: sense. okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That
0: that was because I was you know, they brought that up. I was like, yeah, it says the ninth. But and you you caught that and that does make sense. That makes a lot of sense. I, I was like, I well, didn't so, even realize the Easter was this this close to yeah. be honest with you.
1: So if it's April 15th, that means you got one, two, three, four, five
0: swag schools all on it. Uh yeah, oh but that's not it. that. That's oh, yeah, not yeah, it. Yeah, that. I, I know. Yeah, that's 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 the swag schools. Wait till we get to uh the whole Miac. At one point <coughs> was April fifteenth. Let's look at it now. The April Miac. You got April Miac. The April <laughs> Miac games are Delaware State. is the twenty second. Howard is the 15th, Morgan State's the 15th, Norfolk State is now the 8th, NC Central is the 15th, and South Carolina State is the 15th. So So let me ask you this. Yeah.
1: Do you think there's some strategy in everybody putting
2: their games on the same day? I think it could be, but also I think it, it could fall along the lines of how can you basically get your um, your fans and your supporters at a game that may also encompass a bunch of other things as well. Um, let me use Alabama A&M, for example. So they've got theirs on April the 8th. That game starts at 10 o'clock. And then there's a baseball game that starts at either 12 or 1230. And then there's a softball game that also starts around uh, 1 p.m. So if you know if you're a Bulldog fan, you literally can go from Lewis Cruz over to the baseball and softball complexes easily. And then there's there's something else going on, like a car show or something like that that's Mm, happening in the parking lot. In the, in the in the parking lot of lewis cruz and it's actually connected to the university because some funds are actually going back uh for tickets being sold or whatever with that so like they're they're making a big day of it so yeah and i think that you know strategically lots of times you try to just get the best bang uh, for your buck in that scenario heck i remember the spring going into my senior year at southern we had a situation where we had the spring game we had uh, a baseball game i want to say southern might have been playing grambling or they're playing jackson it was one of the two but it was a big rivalry game and then we also had our spring fest that um mm. that evening as well so you know we had like Jeezy and ryan leslie and stuff and you know with spring fest you got the crawfish ball going on so like they made one heck of a day and if i'm not mistaken i want to say it was like high school day as well so you had a bunch of prospective high schoolers. Uh, coming out in there. So I think it's from a strategic standpoint, they try to just get the best bang for your buck when you kind of look at the different schedules um, for spring. And I will say kudos to those football coaches and athletic directors who work together to put those things together. I've also seen situations kind of like, oh, shoot, the spring bang's going on. Nobody knows what's going on with the spring game because either they just don't publicize it or you know just want to just get it to go and move forward.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, it is a car and, car and bike show. Uh that's going to be taking place uh in Lewis Cruz as well at Lewis Cruz in the parking lot as well. So, it's going to be a big day, man. I'm looking forward to it. Yes, uh, sir. Try to get out there get get my uh my, my kids out there, give them a little bit of exposure. See some of that. So, um don't stop there though. SIAC for the teams that we could get. Uh mm-hmm. Albany State is uh, April 1st. Allen is April 15th, Benedict, April 8th, Central State, April 22nd, Uh, Edward Waters, April 15th, Kentucky State, 22nd, Lane is April 15th, Miles is April 15th, and Morehouse is April 22nd. So then we'll move on to last one. Is oh, let me go. And what's we missing? Oh, we're missing a couple schools. Uh, with the SIAC, um, let's see, I can tell you which schools we're missing. Um, didn't get Tuskegee's. Um, hold on, I can tell you that.
2: Uh, they're practicing right now. I've seen, yeah, a they bunch are of practicing media yeah. stuff about them.
0: Yeah, they did not put out a date. Um, and it may be a little something um, uh, logistically that they're trying to work out there. Uh, but we didn't get Clark, Atlanta, Fort Valley State, and Savannah State. So,
2: gotcha. Yeah. Um. They'll show up at some point in time. And yeah. Yeah. Guys, all I got to do is just hop back on the graphics and toss them bad yeah, boys in there. Yeah.
0: Uh, and the last one is a kind of a. I am not gonna they're not <laughs> technically they're not independents, but uh some of the HBCUs that are not in um in a HBCU conference and then though uh a few of the CIAA schools now the CIAA were and we gonna that's something we're gonna talk about in a second. Um but North Carolina and T is April 1st, Tennessee State, April 15th, uh Elizabeth City State University is April 15th, uh Lincoln of Pennsylvania University Lions is April 8th, Virginia Union is April 15th, and Winston-Salem State is April 15th. So, um, this is what CIAA, and I don't want to pick on the conference as a whole, but it was mostly CIAA schools and uh, several of the um, SIAC schools. but I know I realized that most of them are a little bit smaller, but their social media stuff was not up to, we talked about Valley. Their stuff was like, it, it, you know, a lot of times I would look and I would see a coach who's now coaching in the NFL or coaching in the XFL. Um, last update was 2021. Um, yeah. And it's like,
1: what Former do you do? SIDs it? still listed as contacts, you know?
0: Yeah, kinds yeah, all kind of stuff. Uh, and I, I get that some schools don't have the resources to uh, necessarily update information or get that stuff or worry about social media, but. I think it's a good opportunity that they could work with some of their students, uh, their business majors, marketing majors, mass, um, communication, major. mass communication and get them that, that experience internship. That's something you, if you put that on a resume, I worked with, uh, my athletic department to, you know, say update social media. Sk- that is, that's something excellent that you can do. So if you're listening and you have a student, you are a student, you know, a student who's, uh, they don't even have to be a business major. But if they, you know, they know how to work social media, that might be an opportunity for you to reach out to your school and say, hey, do you have anybody working this?
2: I yeah, and like I mean, it can up. go a mighty long way as well, man. Um, clearly from uh, just helping out from a social brand. Heck, who knows? You, you may hop into it and then uh, they like what you do and you're traveling and getting mm. opportunities to go to places that you may have never even thought you would have gone, especially in college, so
0: right
1: and not only just getting the experience not only just that you get the experience doing that you you can go to an nfl nba you know professional franchise and do their social media for them you know you could parlay that into an actual paying gig and you'll be getting paid to do what everybody does every day post on instagram post on twitter whatever case may be yes sir
0: yeah, so I like I said, I just think it's a good opportunity. Uh I, I when I say that, I I don't like bringing up problems without necessarily having a having a solution solution for them. You know, what I'm saying sometimes it is you know saying good rhetorical to to bring some stuff and have that kind of circular conversation, but a lot of times you do want to have a solution. So uh just want to put that out there. Uh, hopefully somebody takes that runs with it because uh, I didn't notice they somebody mentioned it last night. Uh, uh, was it uh, was it Fair Dixon? Uh, their is it SID or or
2: yeah, their SID. He's a junior at the school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is he in the
0: school? Somebody would say he was yeah. like a high school kid. No, nah, he said
2: he's a junior. At the,
0: he's a junior. Like, at the okay, person. I was yeah. gonna say yeah.
2: That, yeah, he's a junior at the school. And what the um what what did they say? I think what was situated to be his quote unquote salary is basically paying his tuition. Oh, that's
0: that's nice. That's dope. See. No situation um but Mo, now we gone going over to kind of some of listed some of the games uh we know that there have been coaching changes not necessarily even at the head coaching spot but with coordinators with uh position coaches and, and you know people making moves and stuff um are there some teams that you kind of got your eye on just kind of you, you know kind of want to see how they operate now under the new regime or, or with the new coordinator or, or anybody like that
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, clearly you want to kind of, first of all, keep an eye out on what Jackson State's going to look like, you know, um, with T.C. Taylor. Yes, he's a he's a JSU Tiger through and through as a former player and an assistant or whatever, you know. So what is it going to look like in Jackson with him in the leadership role under his toolage. So you definitely want to keep an eye out on that. Um, another one I want to keep an eye out on along with giving a shout out to is over at Prairie View. Shout out to Coach Alvin Fauserman, who got promoted to the role of defensive coordinator. He's my college teammate uh, at Southern University and I mean, uh, we call him Rock. He's always been a great guy and whatnot. Um, knew he was, eventually he was going to get to a spot like that. So, you know, I'd love to see what he'll be able to do over there um at Prairie View. Clearly, you know, there are other places that are gonna have a lot of things going on. Or if you drop down to the D2 level, what's the transition gonna look like at Tuskegee? Now with coach Reginald Ruffin moving from athletic, I mean moving from head coach slash athletic director to just strictly athletic director. How does that team move forward under quote unquote, a new coach who had already been affiliated with the school. So really interested to see what's going to go on with that. You know, you know, Morehouse, they've got a new head coach after coach, um, coach. uh, Oh, I'm losing. I cannot remember his name for for the save my life right now. But You know, their coach was there a long, long time and then decided, you know, they decided to go ahead and uh, part ways with him. So it'll be interesting to see how it looks uh, with him. I mean, right up I-65 for me in Nashville, interesting to see what it's going to look like with Coach Eddie George and company after he made a few changes at Tennessee State during the offseason as well. So this is the time where you see those things not only occur, but you like to see how well those guys can implement their systems and can the student-athletes pick them up quick, fast, and in a hurry, or will it take some time? And if it takes some time, how much time is the administration giving these coaches to kind of get the job done that they expect? Yeah.
1: Yeah. For me, I think I'll Coach Hampton at UAPB, um, seeing what he can do with his first year there. Um, as far as offensive coordinator grambling, what their offensive coordinator can do, especially with the new quarterback they brought in from Alabama State. Um the whole fiasco that was surrounding with thorn cookman football and that whole university, you know, what can um coach Woody. Uh, yeah, Woody, yeah, what can he do down there? You know, he's obviously a famous alum, you know, has a lot of strong ties to the university and that area. So what can he do to kind of shake them back this season? And so I think there's a valley, you know, losing and mm-hmm. see what can, how can they respond after that. So I think that there's a lot of changes and there's a lot of new faces. And like Mo said, it's how quick can they make their impact and how quick can the team respond to it and, and pick up and buy into that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And plus, um, uh, so the Morehouse, former Morehouse coach is Rich Freeman. That's the go. name I want to go ahead and get out. And um, let me throw this one out there, too, because there was shakeups at Valley and whatnot. Coach Willie Titan is now actually the quarterback's coach at Southern University. Just found that out not too yeah. long ago. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, what can he do with basically a fresh room of talented guys in the QB room and they don't have a returning starter, roughly. So it'd be something else to kind of, you know, keep an eye out down there um, on Scott's bluff. Yeah. They ain't returning like starter, but
1: the best quarterback <clears throat> on roster last year is still there.
2: Mm. Hopefully Coach Dooley thinks the same way.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, you mentioned it, Coach T.C. Taylor with Jackson State. I, um, I made the comment before... I want to say again, I don't think that I don't think there's a it'll be a huge drop off um, as far as uh, play on the field, but I think he had coach T C Taylor has a huge, huge um job. I mean he's got huge shoes to fit, not even from the whole who he's replacing. I think the biggest thing that's going to affect them, they're still, even though you know the former coach is gone. The problem is they're still about to get everybody's best shot because oh, those yeah. those feelings are still hurt. It's still oh, yeah. a lot of people, you know, saying, "Hey, they might not have like stuff that was done by this person, but you still got Jackson State on your on your jersey." Correct. We we still owe Jackson State this, but so they can't
1: take it out on who they want to take it out on. So oh yeah. Go, go yeah, you you know what I mean. So uh, yeah.
0: where your where your brother at? Where your big brother at? He hit me. Oh, he gone? Come here.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Come here. So, it's going to be very interesting. That's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah,
1: it definitely got a big target on their back,
0: for sure.
2: Absolutely. Especially, you know, being uh, back-to-back SWAC champions, too. So, hmm mm-hmm.
0: yeah. I want to see, and I know we won't see it until... Man, until crazy, man. Until it begins. I want to see... I want to see the mentality that FAMU comes out going, you know, saying that first weekend going against Jackson State. Yeah, that
1: first weekend. I forgot about that. I was thinking Southern Week Two, but I forgot they
2: had FAMU Week. Yeah, because yeah, they it, got FAM. Yeah, FAMU has Jackson Week One, but FAMU has South Carolina State Week Zero.
0: Mhm. And see, I I always say FAMU is a team that's like a, a what if team is like what if they would have scored at this point? You know, wh- wh- how would they have done it? You know, so it's going to be interesting, man. And Also, uh, it's going to be interesting to see if um, how the swack, you know, handles um, the SWAC-MEAC challenge. That's Jackson State again. Uh, how they handled the SWAC-MEAC challenge and um, also uh, the celebration bowl. Yeah.
1: Yes. Just send Gramlin if y'all want the
2: SWAC board. This guy. <laughs> this, guy. this guy, this guy. I mean, he 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 he's not lying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. He, I mean, he's not lying. I mean, at one point they were saying just send Southern for um for the Miex Wack Challenge. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, so I don't want to stop talking football, but right, let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, let's talk a little basketball. Um, uh, we've seen a lot of. Players especially now uh the season's over and have entered their name into the transfer portal. Uh one such is Lady Rattler's leading scorer, Dylan Horton. Uh she entered her name in the transfer portal. Um I think so you
1: for a lot of this, bro. Um it's the new day and age, man. Um, especially whenever you have someone of her caliber, leading score on your team, you know, one of the best players in your conference. You it's it's going to be common to see that type, that caliber player test the, uh, I almost said free agency, test the portal to kind of see what, you know, what interest they could get for bigger programs. Um, I would like to see, you know, more of them stay at HBCUs instead of going to the lower tier, you know, um, mid majors. Um, If you get a power five offer, I understand that, but you know, if you're jumping from FAMU to, you know, FIU or something like that, I don't really think that you know it's that it's really worth it, in my opinion. But uh, but I think you know players like her caliber, we're gonna see that it's commonplace now.
2: Yeah, I can definitely agree with Ann on that. I mean, just because the rules have changed and. Student athletes, especially the ones in HBCUs, they, you know, they may have enjoyed their experience, but they want to see if the grass is greener on the other side. And sometimes it is and sometimes it's not. I just really think that everybody's situation is completely different. And also in the world of NILs, let's just be for real, sometimes some programs can get outbidded for certain um, you know, certain student athletes, I don't want to say paid, so I'm gonna go ahead and just say outbid it in this situation <laughs> or whatever because mm-hmm. I don't want to get any other programs in trouble because they. The way things are set up, there are certain wordings that certain programs have and other programs, you know, don't. So, yeah, clearly, we I think we're going to continue to see this. and I don't really know what the change up really can be unless like you put a cap or something when it comes to NIL deals. And I mean, you talk about transfer portals um, as of today. Garrett Hicks. But Alabama AM and m has entered his name into the transfer portal. Um, Alabama AM's and ms leading scorer, about 13 points per contest. They form all-swag standout, and he knocked down, I think it was 40% from the field, from three-point range. He's got a year left. Technically, he's got that COVID year uh, left to basically play as a grad transfer. So looks like he, you know, he's going to be testing the waters and whatnot to see if the grass is greener. And clearly, I think you're going to also see more of this across the board, especially like if you're like an all-conference selection uh, standout um, along, you know, along the line, especially of like a mid-major or a low-major or whatever, if, hey, you know, Power Five or group or whatever reaches out to you and be like, hey, you know, you know what? You know, they get some eyeballs on me and they want me. That The possibility to actually get them there. It's very, very high. So um, clearly, uh, if there are ever some changes that need to may, be made with NCAA to to um, to really put a little bit more legislature or cap on it or whatever, I think that's the only way we see things change um, in in general or whatever. Right. Yeah, I
1: just, I just don't know how you can cap the NL aspect of it. Um, I don't know
2: either, to be honest with you. You
0: can't Cons-
1: considering it's not compensation from the school so there and there's no collective bargaining so you can't put a salary cap in place it's all free, it's all free market and you can't put a, a capital capitalism
0: well ed o'bannon gave him a chance he did, did the it. ncaa had to just deal with they were supposed to in the first place we would have still had ncaa uh that was all. What,
1: that was a problem of NCAA um, having a false provider of superiority. Yeah. I mean, they, they really thought that they were more than what they were. Correct. Then, but then, you know, Ed O'Bannon, then North Carolina, and then, you know, the list goes on and on. They, the people who showed them they ain't as big and bad as they thought they were.
0: If kicking the can down the road was a person. <laughs> <laughs> That's the NCAA. They literally... I thought you
1: were talking about the St. Saturday cap, my bad.
0: Oh. <laughs> oh. He petted tonight. Uh <laughs> But yeah, it's... um, <laughs> Hey, they the Spider-Man mean pointing at each other.
1: Right, right. <laughs> uh, man. They, man. Gonna be- which one is going to backfire on first?
0: <laughs> they literally... The NCAA, because it's already back... Right now... Again, instead of putting some regulations in place for NIL, what they do? They kick the can down the road and say, Hey Congress, can you help us out? Congress the one help. just like told you, uh uh-uh, uh Nil is, is legal. Well, mm-hmm. You
1: got a few Congress people trying to
0: man nobody listen to Tommy Tupperville's stupid No, mind. You finna get me started. But it ain't just him
1: though, it's not just him. So let's not let's not bring up individuals. But I
0: no, I I, I vote for him. I hope
1: I, you didn't. I, but I anyway. vote in this what's called yeah, I, I will tell you. I understand. But I'm saying like it's, it's more than him. And I understand the NCAA wanting them to get involved because that's the only way that you can kind of rein this in. But I don't see how you can change it from being a state's rights issue. And if, as long as it's a state's right issue, then it's going to be what we have now. Not trying to get too political, but it is what
0: Let's not talk about states' rights. Last time that happened. Right? Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> it's so man! I'm just, I'm just saying it's gonna be up to each state what they want to do with nil. I'm gonna leave it at that.
0: Sweet home, <laughs> at least home. we're not in
1: February, right? No more <laughs> time.
0: Just- Hey Mo got a real job. He ain't finna try to he trying to hey yeah, hey he yeah, hey, hey, got. He got, he, he, yeah. he got hey he got his he got his job handle on that too we ain't finna get you in trouble mo play, nah, yeah, we yeah. need to play the uh the views <laughs> express
1: <laughs> hey, everybody say they're gonna be caught mo about that award you just won <laughs> <laughs> uh uh
0: mr mo uh <laughs> a- abby wants to see you <laughs> but nah, <laughs> but nah, man. Uh, it, yeah, NCAA, man. That that's they gotta do better. They gotta do better. They gotta find some kind of way. Bit. Yeah, that, I'm not. I'll be blue. I man. mean,
2: they they've not. Well, they gotta do better, but at the same time, collectively, they've got to come together and actually get on the same page. And then once they're on the same page, just from the administration they've got to find a way to get the schools collectively on page and i mean you're dealing with god i don't even know what the number is or whatever because i mean you got d1 you got d2 you got d3 316 somewhere yeah i mean you, you literally got all those schools more than that, ain't it? that's just d1 yeah i mean that's just literally just d1 so i mean you remember you know you still got d2 and d3 that all go under the ncaa mm-hmm. And yeah, it's yeah, while well, it's a governing body, there's still a whole lot of other things that have to kind of roll by to even even make yes. whatever happen. So yeah, I think we're still gonna be in a murky situation until eventually somebody just lays down a hammer and is like, This is what we're going to do, and we're gonna move forward. If you don't think we should leave the NCAA and you man, know, man. the
1: problem the problem is what's gonna happen if if administration does get on you know on one accord what's gonna happen is the first thing they're gonna do is call up either well he ain't there no more but kevin warrens whoever replaces him or greg sankey and then it's gonna go down here yeah yeah yeah. and so what's gonna end up happening is the swags me and you know those level conferences are just gonna get whatever the big conferences want them to have or whatever rules the big conferences wants to play by. And so I mean you not, gotta see that with you know, football right now, Ant. yeah, exactly. I mean, and not just that, you're saying with the NCAA tournament because watch when they expand to 96, you're not gonna see these smaller conferences get another team, you're gonna see more power five bids get another team. So, I mean, what you're seeing is what you're gonna see is all the rules start being catered toward these major power five conferences especially if we start seeing the big 10 and sec become super conferences and so the swag and the meack and sac and and everybody else is just going to be at the mercy of whatever those conferences want
0: man listen
1: that's
0: a hell of a segue and
1: like i did that
0: i know it's a hell of a segue let's let's talk about that because uh speaking of swag uh Dr. McClellan, the commissioner of the SWAC, was asked recently about the SWAC being a one big league and getting out of that stage, and uh, he basically said, "We got a long way to go." Um, I'm trying to find his uh, direct quote. Direct quote: "We have a long way to go."
1: <laughs> so he might as well have said it's impossible. Uh, the way the system is set up right now, it's impossible.
0: And he talked. He said a lot of it has to do with the schedule we're not going to get there playing 8, 9, 10, 11 games guarantees. Um, we certainly cannot uh, – we certainly – we're certainly not unless you go out and win those games. It's mathematically impossible for you to go on the road for 11 games in a row and think you're going to win eight or nine of those games. Yeah. Now, we know that the SWAC had the crossover with the Pac-12 – Um, the one like three of those outings. Well, the conference overall against non SWAC opponents 20 and
1: 113. Yep, and and see, this is the issue you have. If you're, I'm not gonna use Gremlin, I'm gonna pick UAPB. All right, UAPB, you're gonna go play Arkansas, Bud Walton, you're gonna go play, um. Missouri, you know what I mean. You're gonna go play these money games, but you're not gonna get any one of them to come to you. No, you're not. You're not. You're not even gonna get Arkansas Little Rock to come to you. You know who you might get to come to you is you, Arkansas Monticello. You know Central Arkansas. You know what I mean? Whiteshout Baptist, a school like that. Who hurts you? You don't even that. That doesn't count towards schedule. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't count towards your RPI. So where do you find these games to build your RPI and pad your RPI? You're not getting them. The only way you can get them is to go on the road and play them. And like he just said, you're not going to go win seven or eight games on the road in the in the environments that you need to play in to help your RPI. So it's well, it's, it's statistically impossible the way that the system is set up for the SWAC, Mia I mean, I know we're just talking strictly talking HBCU, but it's not just those conferences. It goes beyond it. it. It's it's every small mid-major conference. Unless you have a team like FAU this year or College of Charleston this year who goes 31-3 and and doesn't win their conference tournament, you're not getting two bids. And sometimes, even if you have a team that goes 31-3 and and doesn't win the conference tournament, you're still only going to get one because that team ain't going to get in anyway. So, I mean, it's, it's, the, it's the system. It's not the conference. It's not the teams in the conference. It's the tournament. It's the committee. It's the way the system's set up.
2: Nah, man, totally agree with you on that. As a matter of fact, uh, Dr. Cavill was talking about this the other day, and he was like, think about this. There are 32 automatic bids to the NCAA tournament. Out of those 32, 23 of those leagues are one-bid leagues. 23 or oh, one bid leagues. And you know, it got me thinking then um, you know, I, I pulled up some I pulled up some um qualifiers who, you know, who won this year. Let's use the WAC, for example. Okay. Western Athletic Conference. The conference champion for the tournament was Grand Canyon. Grand Canyon this year, 24 and 12. The regular season champion was Utah Valley, 27 and eight. Sam Houston State was the runner up 26 and 8. Southern Utah was 24 and 13. But Grand Canyon was the only school that made the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. Let's take a deeper dive into it. Let's go West Coast Conference. Mm-hmm. Clearly, we know about Gonzaga mm-hmm. and we age. know about St. Mary's. Mary's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, also in that league, Santa Clara went 23 and 10. Loyola Marymount went 19 and 12. San Francisco went 20 and 14. BYU That's went 19 nice. and 15. But the only two teams that came from that conference for the tournament, Gonzaga and St. Mary's. Oh, and let's be for real there. It's mainly because those two teams are they have the name, name. Mm-hmm. They yeah, have the name and they're mid major powers. Mm-hmm. And then the one that really, really kind of shocked me was, um, from out of the American man. Um, You know, you had two teams in the entire American, Houston and Memphis, Mm -hmm. were the only two teams that came out of the American. And I mean, in the American, uh, let me pull up the. Tulane, UCF. Yeah, you had Tulane, who was 20 and 11. Cincinnati was 23 and 13. Uh, Wichita State was 17 and 15. UCF was 19 and 15. You had all those teams, and only Houston and Memphis. You know, um, made the NCAA uh, tournament. So clearly, you know, it's it's Do me not a just
1: Mo. Do me a favor, Mo. Pull up West Virginia.
2: West Virginia, okay. Uh, Big Twelve. Tell me what their record was because they got in as a nine seed. <clears throat> West Virginia Mountaineers. All right. West Virginia was nineteen and fifteen. They got in. What was their record in conference? In conference, they were seven and eleven. <laughs> they were 7 and 11. So you know what, with that being said, I have to scroll down and look at their um and look at, you know, their their schedule. So I mean, but... they play
1: they played in the toughest conference. That's oh, why yeah. they got in. You
2: Correct. know what I mean? Well,
1: but 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 that's my point though. They they're getting in because they play in, in with Kansas State, with Kansas and Texas. They play in a conference with three good schools, you know, four good schools. So that's why they get in. Whereas uh, whereas a team like you just mentioned, um, not Grand Canyon, but in that conference, um, who, was, who won uh, the best team in that conference? Southern Utah, I think you said? Uh, Utah Valley. Utah, Utah Valley, California. yeah. So the best team in that conference doesn't get in because they're in a small conference. Whereas the the eighth best team in the Big
2: 12 gets in because they're in a conference with good teams. Correct, and sense, then just looking at, it. and also too, you know, I don't want to go too deep dive. I don't want to deep dive too far into this, but you know, you got to have the wins and the quad ones and the quad twos and all that. I mean, thankfully for West Virginia, they did have a victory over Florida. Um, they had victories over over UAPB and and Buffalo. They won at TCU when they were ranked 14th. They beat Auburn in the Big Twelve SEC Championship. They beat Iowa State when they were ranked 11th. They be Kansas State when they were ranked 11. So those are those. Thing,
1: the thing play. about it, but see the thing about the whole quad system. In mm-hmm. a way, that's flawed because that's just like saying top 25 wins in, in, in college football. If you're in a conference that has better teams, you get more chances to have the these games. So, mm-hmm. therefore, you have more opportunities to get quad one wins. That doesn't make you a better team just because you play 14 quad one. You play 14, you know, games versus quad one teams or whatever and you want four of them and this right. team over here played two and won one who's the better team you get them like that's, no, i get what that's, you're that's saying a man system and the system is designed to protect the power five schools just like everything else man that's why my suggestion whenever they expand this tournament to 96 teams give every conference two qualifiers you get your regular season champ and your conference tournament champ. And let's, let's even the playing field a little bit and get actually some of the best teams in from these smaller conferences and not just the team who got hot at the right time. Like a Texas Southern, for example, who wasn't the best team in their conference, but they got hot at the right time.
2: Yeah, they definitely did. They yeah. definitely did. I mean, you, you talk about Texas Southern. Let's take a look at Fairly Dickinson, the team that beat yeah. Texas yeah. Southern in the first four. The only they reason why Fairleigh... got in. Yeah, they should have not even got in. But Miramac was transitioning to Division One, So yeah. similar to how it was last year, I think it was with Eastern Kentucky, you know, they couldn't accept the D1 bid because they were making the whatever um transition. No, it wasn't Eastern Kentucky. It was another Kentucky school. But that's how Jacksonville State got in last year, you know, due to that. So Fairleigh Dickinson got in this year because the champion making their transition in that scenario. So – and I mean, then look what happens. They end up going knocking off a number one team. Yeah. But, I mean,
1: it's a flawed system, bro. So, back to the original topic, Pooh. How, mm. how, how can a sweat become a one a two-bid league? Right. come a Power 5 conference? or well, is it either that, or you're going to have to do, like, what Gonzaga and St. Mary's have done, which is over a 15-, 20-year period consistently put teams in the tournament and win tournament games? I mean, it, it's not just Gonzaga. I mean, you could look at. Like the Wichita State, Creighton, you know Butler. Uh, Butler, Butler you, you know. What is, I mean? yep. There's a there's certain conferences who have that. You know, uh, Murray State's conference. I know they were kind of down this year, but they mm-hmm. had they got the history of of being that. So there's a few mid major conferences who get that benefit of the doubt. The conference was San Diego State and of uh, and um, it's not the West Coast Conference. It's the, uh, M- it's the M- 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 Yeah, MW. they got they got. A- track record of getting teams so I mean you gotta consistently have teams the same teams it helps if you get the same right. and over and over again you know then you start getting the
2: benefit of the doubt but yeah cause I remember when Gazaga was just a mid-major that was just you know upsetting people in the late yeah. 90s and early 2000s and now you know Mark Few has got them Ranked in top fifteen nationally every single year, you know they were the number one seed one not long yeah. ago as well, you know. But like you said, consistent play over the years, and then you know it also helps that teams like you know Santa uh, Santa Clara and um, uh, St. Mary's have been pretty good, you know, in that conference too.
1: And not just, and then once you start doing it for a period of time, like we've seen, we've seen both Zaga and St. Mary's, you know put out nba caliber talent we've seen san diego state pull out nba caliber talent butler you know what i mean we've seen mm-hmm. murray state we've seen all of these programs who have had their sustained excellence over you know 15 20 years we've seen them put out nba caliber talent too to whereas you start associating oh san diego state that's where Kawhi Leonard played you know oh murray state mm-hmm. that's from. You know what I mean? You right. started equating high crowd with basketball with these schools whenever they start putting out NBA talent. So, I mean, I think that also helps them become, you know, more of a um, a name whenever you start having NBA players come from your university.
2: Man, you might have to, uh, you know, set yourself up a one-on-one with Dr. McClellan come next <laughs> year, or at least before next year, with him being, you know, the chair of the NCAA <laughs> committee uh next yeah. year he's the vice chair this year, but he'll be the chair next year. I'm, you know, not saying that he's gonna be able to take every single thing that you um, you know, said to fruition, but you know, who knows?
0: Yeah, and I'm well, glad you mentioned. Boy, I tell you, y'all is making this y'all on this Segway game hard tonight. I appreciate y'all. Uh, came out today, Doctor McClellan as you just mentioned, uh, will be the chair. It's a big position, you know, of the uh, committee and stuff. Um. Let me ask this, what exactly does that mean for the swag? Because it's not like, you know, now he's the chair, he's gonna say, like, hey, give me two swag teams. Throw two swag teams in there. You know, but what is what exactly does that mean?
2: You wanna go first then or you want me to go? <laughs> You can go ahead. All right. So, honestly, what I think it it truly means, it's more of a notoriety thing for the conference and really just saying, like, hey, you know, look at this smart, intelligent guy, you know, how he's able to, like, basically handle what, I guess you would say, would be the conflicts in the room or whatever when it comes to selecting this team because he would have the final say-so. And even because, like, this year he was the vice chair. So, let's say the chair was not in a situation where he could actually make the final say so it went to McClellan next so come next year it'd be that situation uh, all in all. So, I mean, from a notoriety standpoint, I think more people get a chance to kind of see like, oh, this is a guy that's running the swag and also, you know, representing HBCU since he's HBCU through and through regular, whether it's when he was a student athlete back in the day or when he was an athletic director, you know, and now the commissioner. So I think it's more just a notoriety thing. Clearly, the two things, the teams in the swag, yeah, that probably ain't happening or whatever, at least under his <laughs> watch in that scenario. But also, here's another thing, too even when it comes to things uh swag related he actually has to recuse himself from the room yeah, yeah so you know even in that situation for anyone thinking that oh you know he's got the swack back or whatever yes he does but no he doesn't because you know because of just a regular rule that most people should know when it comes to committees you do have to recuse yourself in certain situations or when it comes to something that might have a direct impact on that so um so I would say, yeah, just more of the notoriety and you know his opportunity to kind of you know put the swag on the map. And also, let's say this: we all tune in on Selection Sunday to see what the new brackets look like and who's mm-hmm. going to play who and whatever. Well, guess what they do at the end of that Selection Show. They talk to the committee chair. So come yeah. next year, he will be the person that they talk to at the end of the selection show. And I think nowadays what they're kind of doing, especially on ESPN, they're talking to these uh, committee chairs even earlier. So mm-hmm. he'll have interviews with Reese Davis, you know, when they're talking about bracketology, or whatever, you know, weeks before the tournament going in.
1: Yeah, to That that's, that was going to be my point. It um, he's, He becomes the face of the tournament. To a certain extent, especially before Selection Sunday, so every time tournament gets brought up on bracket, like you said, bracketology, sports center, whatever the case, they're going to bring him up. They're going to bring up him and the conference that he's over. So it's, it's it's good publicity, it's good exposure for the conference and for the leadership of the conference as well, because it shows that they have a progressive leader who you know is is actually in tune with what the the current state of the NCAA is. And not just that, but it puts him in the room with all of these other conference, you know, commissioners and ADs from all these other universities. So you get mm-hmm. network, you get partnerships, you get all of these kind of – that's how you get the Pac-12 SWAT, you know, uh, uh, challenges and those kind of things. It, they, they start in rooms like this. So not just that, but whenever he, he goes out and he's promoting the tournament, talking about the tournament, he's going to be with, you know – Sponsor, you know, sponsors of the tournament and all that other things, which could lead to more sponsors for the for the conference as a whole. So, I mean, it's just the the networking aspect of it and the opportunities that could be, you know, come to fruition from this and the exposure that it gets from him being the face of the tournament, uh, especially on the selection time. As far as him getting teams and stuff in, that ain't gonna happen. <laughs> I mean, it might have helped get Jack the States women in as at large this year if he would have been on the women's committee, but uh. But as far as like, what it really does, I think it's more of a, a behind-the-scenes benefit than it is actually on the
2: on the court or on the field um, for the conference. I got you. And look, I have one more thing I can go ahead mm-hmm. and add, too. You talk about, um, you know, there's a lot of behind-the-scenes things, but there's something in front of the camera as well when it comes to handing out the championship trophy. Yes, yeah. who's yeah. one of the people doing that? It's Dr. Sure, Charles too. McClellan. So, you know... Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know exactly who's on the broadcast this year for CBS, but let's say it's Jim Nance, for example. You know, Jim Nance is right there now. Let me introduce you to Dr. Charles McClellan, Commissioner of the SWAC and Chairman of this year's, you know, uh, year Iron Eagle. Oh, this is Iron. Okay, so to be Iron Eagle, so Iron Eagle is literally going to introduce Dr. Charles McClellan, Commissioner of the SWAC. Um, you know, Vice Chair. Like, you know, if it gets to that point or whatever. That you know that chair will go ahead and just say something real real quick. Congratulations, thank you so much, or whatever. And you know, here's your trophy. Like literally, you, you know, get a few seconds of fame, and people can put a name with the face right then and there as well. Yeah.
0: But I think y'all be on the segue game. I don't think I don't think y'all know how good y'all are doing uh with the segue. So speaking of that, handing out trophies and stuff uh for the swag tournament. Dr. McClellan wasn't there, and a lot of people were kind of upset about that. Mo, you Mm. chimed in early. Can you tell the people why he wasn't there?
2: Yes. Here's why Dr. McClellan um, was not there this year, and that's why he was not there last year and the year before. He's on the committee. When you are on the committee, it's similar to how it is with the college football playoff committee. You have to put everybody in the room, isolate them, and they're watching basketball. All day long, really like for almost the entire week, because, you know, now you're seeing a lot of schools and conferences move their conference championship games to like Tuesdays and Wednesdays sometime so they can get the ESPN exposure. So he was in Indianapolis literally for about a week, maybe a week plus. It kind of just depends. And they're all watching basketball. They're all taking notes. And all that leads to the preparation of what is called Selection Sunday amongst the committee. Members, which Dr. McClellan is as well. It's the same way with how Alabama's director of athletic, Greg Byrne, was not in Nashville with Nate Oates and company because he's on the committee, so he couldn't help you know his team celebrate or whatever. Which I know for sure probably hurts him inside just a little bit because Greg, not Greg, one of Greg Byrne's first major hires was Nate Oates. Mm. so you know and now look you know what his Bama team is at or whatever say I so for anyone that does not know Dr. McClellan was not at the SWAG men's and women's basketball tournament because he's on the selection committee and the selection committee has to be isolated in an office watching basketball almost 24 hours a day for about a week's time as they get ready for selection Sunday
0: mm. uh, speaking of people who can't be there or won't be there anymore bam another segue for you uh Southern cuts ties with coach Sean Woods. Uh that's the men's basketball coach um that's been kind of been rumored for a couple couple weeks. Uh yeah, um basically uh the AD at at Southern basically said, "Yeah, uh we thank him for everything's done, uh but we want to get back to championship winning ways."
1: Well, the best way he could do that is to hire his half brother
0: who was that, bro? Carlos Sample.
1: Mm. Head coach who was at Scott for 16.
0: You, you said it, you've been saying it. We we're gonna see.
1: But there's another name. I talked to uh, our guy Chuck about this yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a guy who started the program at LSU A, LSU Alexandria, and mm-hmm. coached about 20 years. His name is Larry Cordero. He was uh his name was in the mix for the Gramlin job before they hired uh Coach Jackson. And um he just stepped down to L S U A. So uh I'm not sure if if he stepped down because he's done with coaching, but uh if he's not done with coaching, that's definitely a name that I would call if I was uh mm, <clears throat> Roman Banks.
2: Yeah, it's gonna be real interesting to see what um's uh, gonna happen with Coach Banks. I mean, clearly amongst conversations I've had with some alumni that are actually connected to the situation. They're kind of moving this thing along pretty quickly as far as like trying to get people who are to to gauge their interests. And I've even heard that somebody within athletics has reached out to Avery Johnson for guidance, not so much for Avery Johnson to be the coach or whatever. Mm. And I, I will say this though. Look, I had a conversation with coach Johnson Maybe about two years ago at the Bayou Classic, and he, you know, he said he does miss coaching, but he loves this broadcasting thing that he does now. I mean, he's got a pretty sweet gig with CBS yeah, Sportsnet, man. and he's, he's also doing. Hotter though, man. Like, you don't think he'd come back home? No, I'm not saying he wouldn't come back home. I'm also wondering too. Like, can he even afford for him to come back home? That's the that's something I always. Oh, that's, yeah. you know, can he not always- get him home? It ain't like he need the money. I know, man. But clearly, I don't I'm not Avery Johnson. in person, Yes, I can't speak with that. But I also have to kind of look at all the parameters or whatever with that. But I do know that someone has reached out to him, at least for guidance or whatever, as far as like, hey, who do you know in that situation? And remember, you know, Avery's calling games for the NCAA tournament right now, too. So but um, it'll be interesting to see what can happen. I mean, you know, kudos to Sean Woods. I mean, he. You know, he he did what he could do or whatever down in Southern. But unfortunately, he just was consistent with having teams that were pretty good midseason. They started to just tank really during. I hate to say tank, but that's really what yeah. it was. And, you know, it, it seemed like every single year, you know, they were like rank one, two or three. And then they just go on a losing streak. And then they stumbled their way into the SWAC um, men's basketball tournament and, you You know, he was on his last year of his contract and clearly it was either giving him a contract extension or find somebody else. So it's not like they fired him. It's just they decided to part ways and move forward with the change. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens. And also, too, with Roman Banks being a former college basketball coach, you know, he's going to put a lot into this Mm -hmm. as far as trying to, you know, get somebody that's good because, you know, basketball is his sport. Mm -hmm.
0: So, so, and you won't, you want a former professional player to come take a pay cut and come into your school and save them? You want him to come to your HBCU and save your HBCU? You want him? To, you want him First to put spot. money? <laughs> okay, all right, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> all, what school is that? What school is that? Hey, all I'm saying is he is not finna put half what the money. Is that? Hey, he ain't finna pay half the money to put up for the facilities. <laughs> he Don't need to young boy do it. <laughs> you talking about Hank Reese's boyfriend.
2: Stop <laughs> it, boy. You pity. So, now look, I will say this. Avery Johnson did put a lot of money into the program, you know, he years ago. Yeah, he, yeah. he, he, was, he did that, you know, years ago. Thus, that's why inside of the Felt G Clark Center, aka the mini dome, it is Avery Johnson court. You know, he just didn't he pay for well, the name well the
0: rights. He might well coach on it. Oh man, that is funny. All right, I'm done. Being, I'm done. I'm done being no, I'm not. I got one more somewhere. I'm gonna find it. Um, uh, hey, some we missed, and um, I saw it and I lost the story, but it, it popped back up. Um, uh, how now? I'm sorry, former um, Tennessee uh, State. Is it Tennessee State? Uh, Tennessee. no, 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 uh, um. I, I know see. their
2: former athletic director is being introdu- introduced to, into to like the basketball holiday. Yeah, that's yeah. not that one. Not that okay. one. Okay,
0: it's a different story. But yeah, since let's let's talk about that. The former, she was the former uh, Tennessee State athletic director, um, and also uh, women's basketball head coach Kylie. Uh, and I. What is her name? Uh, oh.
2: The person, the person, me and Anna talking about it is Teresa Lawrence Phillips. Thank you. She headlines the class for the Tennessee Sports Hall of Fame this upcoming year. There you she go. Was, she was the head coach of TS for TSU in Nashville for thirty-one years, along with being an administrator and director of athletics. Yeah. That is a long time. That is a, a long time, bro. Right.
0: I mean, who gonna file? She can't see file herself, but. Uh, reggie is trying to do that now okay i told you i had one more i told you all right i'm done right. The is gonna fire himself oh yeah.
2: man uh, uh, hey man you look <laughs> y'all talk about reggie theus like that but you know clearly there's, there's more going on with yeah. that down there in daytona beach i know man uh, it's, it's some, somebody crazy. tried to
0: tell y'all and y'all got mad at him for t- i'm done i'm done <laughs>
2: I'm done. Okay, now nah, but see. I mean, look, you look, you ain't gonna do that to Coach Bill Fuller from Hang Time in the mid nineties. <laughs> man, listen, that that was.
1: <laughs> hey, leave Riverboat Reggie alone, man. Hey, man,
2: listen. I don't know how That's many good, more people man. even even got that reference I just talked about, but yeah, yeah, I know it. I, I remember I that true.
0: show. I remember that show. Uh But no, I I, I was to say how, but he had a young Anthony
2: how, Anderson on that show too.
0: Uh it was it was a lot of people on there. Um, Howard A faggins Um, he's named the new head coach at Saint Augustine. Um, he comes from he's got an extensive background. He was a DB uh defensive back at North Carolina and in the NFL. Uh he's coached at because I was just looking at it, he has like numerous programs where he just coached at, uh, and I can't even find it now. Um. Oh, here it is, Colorado State, uh, Pueblo, um, and where is it? Uh, he was a head coach at Warren Central in Kentucky, and yeah, that's it. I think that was it. It was another one, but yeah, he had a, a pretty, you know, big background. Um, but yeah, Saint so, uh, Augustine got a new head coach. Um. Then, last this last story was so random when it popped up. Um, I was like, I, I, when it's random because not because of what it is, I understand, but the connection just was random. Uh, former NBA star Grant Hill will serve as the commencement speaker for Fisk, and I was like, what you know. Granted, a lot of times commencement speakers don't necessarily have a tie to a school, um, but they just said that he exhibits uh the character and moral standards that they represent as a school.
1: Did, didn't I see like Omar Elps or somebody speak, uh, the commencement speaker at, A&T? <laughs> Somebody like that, Tay Diggs. somebody like that is the speaker for them. I don't know,
0: well, I just Jeff- Maybe I don't know. It was somebody um, like that. I tell you what. This last one. This last well, one.
2: hey, before you even go with that last one, Pooh, let me ask you this. Um, do you think um current fifth men's basketball coach Kenny Anderson could have had something to do with getting Grant Hill there? You
0: know what? That might be
2: it. Together. I don't know if they ever played together, but I mean they were in the NBA. You know, Kenny's a little older than Grant, but they, you know, they would have crossed paths many times. Let's see, Kenny Anderson, Nets, Hornets, Blazers, Celtics, Super. Su- no, they never played together. But I mean, clearly, he was in the NBA long mm-hmm. you know for a long time. Um yeah. and you also have to just think too that you know they would have crossed paths many times. He was an all star. Let's see, did he was an all-star? They played against each other in college. Yeah, they would have played each other in college. So yeah, I'm so I'm I'm wondering if that be. probably could, had something yeah. to do. With. Could be, yeah.
0: Well, hey, that's all I got, man. Mo, tell the people where they can find you, man. Uh, you and your ad
2: award-winning work. All right. Well, on social media, you can find me on Twitter at Mo Carter Fox fifty-four. You can also find me on Facebook, um, basically Mo Carter uh, WZDX News. I'm on uh, live in about. 32 minutes are right here on Fox 54. So if you go to fox54.com and click watch live, you can check me out. Um, If you want to do so tonight, we've got our guys out in Louisville covering Alabama as they get ready for the Sweet 16 against San Diego State. Also got some information on Alabama's Pro Day. Got more information on Garrett Hicks, and I've got some information about Alabama a and Spring Football Practice. So if you definitely want to tune in live, just head over to fox54.com, hit the Watch Live app. And now they wanted to promote this. If you want to even see us even more, you know, either go on your smart TV or hop on your phone and download the Fox 54 Plus app, and you can just see a lot of things that got going on with that. Now, I'm not saying you're going to cross me a lot of times with that or whatever, but And for some reason, they want us to promote that now uh, with that. But definitely, it's always uh, quick and easy to catch me on uh, Fox 54, excuse me, at Mo Carter Fox 54 with Twitter and also with uh, Facebook, you know, posting a lot of things uh, as far as what I cover and, you know, just doing what I love, guys. And as always, appreciate you guys. You know, bring me on and yeah. being in the fold and being I, in the mix.
0: I ain't going to lie, Bo. You started talking about Alabama. I was about to cut that mic out. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> but, nah, man, I, I do um, – uh, let me ask this. Uh, who do you got – with everybody that's left and, we know, some of the games are going on, who you, who do you have uh, for the
2: Final Four? Oh, hey, so you know who they finna say, man. <laughs> well, he let's see. Say, he
0: going to say oh, – I doubt he saying. I he mean, get, in one
2: in one, br- in one bracket, <laughs> I do have Alabama winning it. In like my in, in my ESPN bracket, ah, I've got them winning it. Bro. But I think in my Yahoo bro. bracket, <laughs> I think I've got. Let me see. Let me go back to 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 do. I've actually got Texas winning my Yahoo bracket. Okay. But the other bracket though, that, that must that... tomato 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 throwing <laughs> tomato. <laughs> That's that's
0: that's probably the bracket where he like uh I got a little money on it Mm, let me be let me let me
1: I can't say nothing I got one of my brackets I had Arizona so I can't talk
2: the other one I had Houston though it's still live man still live man guys it's just that time of the year where we just you know think we know what we do talking about sports but clearly (laughs) we We don't don't know nothing we do not
0: (laughs) March Madness is truly the correct name truly the correct name. Uh, I'm going for Princeton, though.
1: I
2: want Princeton to win it Uh Man, that is so wild. That would be wild. Um, They got to go through – well, potentially go through Alabama. But uh, you know, we'll see. And that's crazy because, like, in that Louisville bracket, man, you literally have, like, the ultimate mid-majors. You have Princeton against Creighton. Like, those are, like, two of the ultimate mid-majors. Two teams have had success through the years. It's just crazy that they're literally meeting up in the Sweet 16. Yeah. Hey, Preston, Preston one on the team just got a national championship, though. Mm. Good point. Good point. If you go off of history, you're right, man. Yeah, in the 60s, but hey, they got one. Hey man, look, it, it is what it is, you know. Mm. Um, UTEP, aka Texas Western, they got one too. Yep, yep. <laughs> Shout out to Don Haskins. Oh
0: man, uh since I, you mentioned that we didn't talk about it. Yeah. Uh, Rest you know what and I'm saying? Cool. Rest in peace, Willie Cager. Rest in peace, Willis Reed, former Grambling. Oh, yeah. Great. Uh, we talked about it last night, but you know what I'm saying? Cool. It's only fitting, it's only fitting. We talk about it over here. It's
1: uh, one the only NAIA title for Grambling. Um, three time, uh, uh All American, I believe, all conference for sure. Um, the grand averaged over 20 points from Little Low Hillco, Louisiana. Played at Bernice. Um, Mr. Nick. NBA Hall of Fame, one of the greatest fifty players of all time, top seven. Whatever number they go to, he' gonna be in, included in it. One of the greatest that will lace him up. Um, man, just a, a pillar in the Grambling community too. Man, he was just a stand up dude, bro.
2: Yeah,
1: so rest in peace.
2: Absolutely, yeah. I met him a few years back when I was working in Alexandria, Louisiana. I met him on one of the years. He actually. Um, he actually visited for the Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame. I think it was either 2012 or 2013. Whatever year Shaq went in to the Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame, he was there, and it was pretty cool to literally see Shaq, Dale Brown, and Willis Reed together. I mean, you know, that's quite a trio right there. Yeah. Yeah. All
0: right. We got anything else before we get up out here? I think we got everything. Uh, oh, I do want to say this, because uh, he he'll 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 beat me up if I don't, man. Uh happy early birthday to to my to my guy young ichiro young dylan uh he'll be turning happy seven on, on saturday man and happy birthday to to, yeah, to nephew birthday man
1: birthday today little aj happy birthday aiden so
0: all oh. right man and uh let's get on get up out of here uh we'll be back on monday uh we got another special guest man miss miss erica lee uh from uh co host on Excellent O's. Howard alum, Howard uh I gotta,
1: enthusiast. I gotta practice drinking with my pinky up.
0: Yeah, we gotta we're gonna have to I'm have to wear a bow tie. I got one somewhere around. Here. <laughs> I got a bunch of them. uh but all right man, we out. see y'all on Monday.